Welcome to Crossway Church Sermons Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.crosswayaz.com. Subscribe to our weekly podcast in iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and the podcast app. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossway Church AZ and share this podcast link with a friend. If you live in the Phoenix area, come visit us at 3464 West Earl Drive, Phoenix, Arizona, 85017, located in Suite E. Service times are at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and prayer services at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now, let's dive right in. Amen? So open up your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. If I can get my stuff together on here. We got a word for you that's going to tell you something. It's two words. Ready? I want you to put this in your heart. I want you to write this somewhere. If anything, write it on the side of your, your Bible. Write it somewhere. But you need to do something. Do something. A lot of people always want something done for them, but they're not willing to doing themselves step up and actually take action. That's why we go to drive-ins. That's why we go to restaurants because some people don't like cooking food. You'd rather have someone do it for you and get done with it and get in and out. Right? Come on now. I don't want. Uh, I want tacos, but I don't feel like making them. Let's go to Taco Bell. I, I want a hamburger, but I don't feel like pulling out the grill. Let's go to Burger King. Uh, you know what? I want to sit at somewhere nice where they can serve me. Let's go to some restaurant and you'll pay every, every bit of dollars and everything you can. So that way other people will take care of you instead of you actually doing something yourself. Hello. I got quiet up in here. All oh, pastors preaching against me right now. Who told them? Holy Spirit done told me, so don't worry about it. I want to start off, we're going to read the beginning of this just to set the stage of what is happening with Israel, okay? So as we begin in Judges chapter 6, it says, Then the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. The powerful hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian. The sons of Israel made themselves the dens, hideouts, which were in the mountains and caves and the mountain strongholds. Did you hear what I just said? Because they were under condemnation, they were hiding in the, in the mountains like animals. Because they were being overcome, instead of being overcomers, they were now hiding in the, in the caves like animals. Instead of living out in the light like the children of God they were called to be. All because of what? Chapter uh, Verse 1 says it. Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave into the hand of Midian. See, when you live out of the sight of God, when you live out of, out of pocket with God, God's going to say, fine, you, if that's where you want to be, I can't put covering over you if you're going to live in darkness. So now you're going to find yourself in some caves. You're going to find yourself in the, in the wilderness of your own doing. Verse 3. For it was whenever Israel had sown their seed, meaning they were out in the plant, uh, plot and, and sowing seed, that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the people of the east go up against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the crops and lands as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel as well as no sheep or ox or donkey. Did you catch what I just said? When you're living out of pocket with God... That means everything you sow, everything you plant, everything you try to put your hands to the plow to will amount to nothing because you are no longer under covenant and covering with God. The enemy can come in and swoop anytime he wants. Wondering why my money's funny. Wondering why I'm always sick. Wondering why my family's always lost. Wondering why? Because you are out of pocket with God. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? Verse 
So they would come up with their livestock and their, and their tents, and they would come in as numerous as locusts. How many of you ever had moments where you felt like one moment you're, you just got done with one problem, there comes another problem. Just got done with that problem, here comes another problem. Just got done with that problem, and then another problem, and then on top of another the problem with another problem, just like locusts, just following over you, and you can't get, can't get enough of it. Both they and their camels were innumerable, so they came into their land to devastate it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Isn't that funny how we always tend to cry out to God when we're in the midst of help? Always cry out to God when the, the police are right behind us. Right? You're driving. All of a sudden, you ain't do nothing, but there's a cop behind you. All of a sudden, you get holy. Right? You're just, oh, Lord, I, I don't know. Do I have warrants, Lord? But please protect me, God. And you start, and that's when you all of a sudden get, drives by, ooh, in the name of Jesus. And you start blasting your music just like nothing ever happened. So Israel was greatly impoverished because the Midianites and Israel cried out to God for help. Now it came about when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian that the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites and he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you out of Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery and I rescued you from the hand of Egypt, Egyptians, and from the hand of those who pressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites and, and in whose land you will live. you live. But now you have not listened and obeyed my voice. So many people are crying out to God for help, asking God to, to God, something's got to give. Wondering why God's not answering. It's because the entire time you've been out of pocket with him. You have been living a half in, half out life. You've been living a life where you act holy on Sunday and hood on Monday. Acting all good on, 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 on Wednesday, again, and acting all hood on Thursday. Ain't no, ain't no time for that. We are running out of time. We are slowly but surely getting to the point where God is coming back for his people. I can tell you right now, it's, it's starting to pick up speed where God is starting to show himself that he's coming back. And too many people are playing with God, wondering why God is not answering them, wondering why God is not opening up his hand to them. Why? Because all you ever sought was his hand and you never once saw his face. And you're wondering why things are not opening up. Because all you ever sought was the blessings of God, but you never sought the presence of God. And you're wondering why, what's happening? How many of you guys got family members that only call when they need money? Hey, how much you got so I can borrow? How much you got so I can borrow? You have become that family member to God where all you do is you come to God. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. God, give me that. Instead of God saying, instead of going to God and saying, God, I just want to worship you. God, you are worthy. You are mighty. I just come before you that you might, I might actually seek your presence. You see, the blessings of God, the hand of God comes with the face of God. It comes all with it. But what you need to seek first is the face of God. But don't seek the face of God just because you want the hand of God. Don't seek the blessings of God just because, or don't seek the face of God just because, I, oh, if I just do this, I'll be, I'll be blessed. Don't give to the offering or don't give to your, your, to your time. Don't give that just because, oh, I expect in a return. No, like I said last week, that's just a transaction. That's just a payment. Basically, when you worship here and you give, basically you're saying, okay, God, I did my work. Where's my payment? That's where they're finding themselves. They're finding themselves in a position where they're out of the, they're out of a pocket with God, and now they're no longer standing in the authority in which God had given them. God had given them the land. God had given them authority. God had spoken to them and said, "I am going to make you a strong people." But now they were running and hiding in caves like animals. Hello. They were no longer the appointed people. They were just 
the living creatures. Instead of being like Adam, Adam was called to be an appointed man of God. Eventually, when he fell into sin, now he was no longer that. He was just like one of the other animals. He was like a lion. He was like a gazelle. or He was just a creature. God called Israel to be my people. But because they were out of place with God, they found themselves hiding like animals. So Israel was greatly impoverished because then they asked God for help. Now, uh, now it came about, oh, I reread this. Okay, sorry. Verse 11, there we go. Check this out. This is where things change. You ready for this? Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite. And his son, Gideon, was beating the wheat in the winepress instead of the threshing floor to hide it and save it from the Midianites. Now, check this out. That stood out to me. I was like, what in the world? First of all, let's get this out of the way. He was threshing wheat in a, in a wine press. What is threshing wheat? For those of you guys who don't know, I wish I, I, I didn't even think about it. I should have had pictures. Threshing floors are made of, they usually are made of hard ground. They've either stomped the ground really, really, really hard or compacted really tight where it's really like rock or... The really, really nice threshing floors are actually uh, dug up, laid out flat stones. And it's just this giant, huge, I kid you not, it's a huge circle, probably from like, from me to Pastor Chris, giant circle of stones on a high hill, just outside, just, just on the edge of the city. And the reason why they would put on a hill is, is they would put wheat onto this threshing floor. And they would have their either people or animals walk on the on this wheat to break apart the wheat from the, the, the shaft. And they would take a widowing fork, this fork, that basically go like this and scoop it up and kind of toss it a little bit in the air. That's the reason why they're on a hill is because the wind would come and blow away the shaft, but the wheat was heavy and it fell back down. So as they sifted it, all that was unnecessary and unneeded was pushed away. That was, a, that was actually a representation of judgment. Okay? That's what God is going to do. God has a winnowing fork, and he's going to separate the shaft from the wheat. Okay? So, a wine press is also a representation of judgment where God is pressing out the grapes. Okay? It's separating the wine from the skins that it might actually come out, the wine, the wine might come out. Okay? separating the old skin from what that which is within that's which is precious in. The, the grapes are great it's the it's that which is within is more precious okay now a wine press was actually a pit in the ground okay it was actually carved out it wasn't so it wasn't as big as a as a uh, as a what you're called as a threshing floor because they didn't have that much grape so they would put it into a point where you can press it down they needed to be compact you get what I'm saying so far, right? Yeah. Smaller area as opposed to a bigger area. Okay? He was trying to do a big work in a small space. So far, some of you are catching it. He was also doing it there because he was basically underground doing work. Because if he, was, if he had been doing it up above ground, they would see him doing the work and they would come and rob him. They would come rob him of what he had and take him. So what did he do? He found a wine press, got into the wine press, and started threshing wheat in there. We're about to get something good. Why was Gideon threshing his wheat in the wine press and not a threshing floor? What was the point of it? It was because Midianites wanted to attack. They wanted to find every reason to attack. So if they see you out in the open, they will attack you. The time Gideon was threshing was not, uh, his wheat was not the best of times because again, every, he was in, living in a time where Israel was under condemnation. They were under, under judgment. They were, they were every chance they had. It was not the best of times. Okay. He probably should have done, I don't know, maybe done it at night, but then you can't see what you're doing. Okay. The place he was threshing wasn't even the right place, but he discovered he had to do something. 
if he had done nothing, his family would starve. He had done nothing, his family would go hungry. I don't think you're catching what I'm putting down. Some of y'all need to get into a desperate place and understand it might not always be the right time. It might not always be the right place. But when you do the work and are desperate for God and are hungry, you will find any way you can to get the food where it needs to come from and get it out. Do you not get what I'm trying to tell you? He was so desperate. He didn't go to a threshing floor. See, a threshing floor is on a high place. It's seen by everybody. Right? It's on the, it's, everyone will see you working. Wine presses are underground. No one sees you. Oh, you catch, you catch it? Come on now. You got it. Sometimes people want to have a high place and be seen. But God is not calling you to a high place to be seen. Sometimes when you're desperation, you're going to have to get down to a low place where no one sees you. And you're going to have to get so desperate and so desperate and so desperate and do whatever you take. I don't care what it is, God. I will be desperate for more of you. I'm hungry, God. In my desperation, I will do whatever it takes. Oh, come on. People have lost their desperation. They've lost the desperation. They've lost the desire from God. So they want everybody else to do it. They want other Gideons to go work the floors for them. They want other people to go work the fields for them because they're afraid the enemy might do something to them. They're afraid that if I go and do any kind of work, the enemy is going to come and attack me. But those who are desperate don't care where they are. They will do the work that God called them to do in any situation, in any time. You see, when we're in prayer, it's not because we want to be seen on the threshing floor high places. It's because we know we are desperate and we will get down into the secret places with God. How many of you actually have been spending time in prayer with this 100-day movement? How many have actually been wanting more from God and saying, God, you know what? There has to be a change. You've been wanting something to change. Some of the people have been coming in and out of churches, wanting a miracle from God, wanting a change from God, God to change the circumstance, but they're never willing to do what it takes to change it. I know of people who go to church still Still living half in, half out lives, wondering why God hasn't changed anything. Why their miracle hasn't come. Why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit hasn't fallen upon them. It's because you're still hiding in caves, wondering if the enemy is ever going to attack you. Well, if I get, if I get uh, strong with God, if I stand up holy with God, then that means I got to go out there and they're going to see me. Yes, that's exactly the point. I want to be known in hell. I want to be wanted in hell. I want them to know our name. I didn't come here to play it safe. I didn't come here to play. I came here that I might put a warning, a warning uh, poster in hell with my face on it. I want to be known in heaven and wanted in hell. And I want the devil to know exactly who I am when they come and say, uh, Peter, I know Paul, I know all these, uh, Elijah, I know all these people. And Jeremy, I know. Chris, I know. Michael, I know. But I don't want to ever go pray for someone and say, I don't know who you are. I don't know who, who do you think you are. You have no authority. You play Holy Ghost music on Sunday, and the second you get in the parking lot, you put on Power 98. Calling yourself holy. Am I right? Some of us, some of us that fasting should be some ungodly music. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch. Some of y'all got more oldie CDs than you do Christian CDs. And I'm not talking about Christian oldies. Though the circumstances were not perfect, he knew 
he must use what he had to achieve something. He knew he had to do, he had to do something. I am not equipped, we're not equipped with the most advanced church. We don't have all the, the LED walls and all this crazy, you know, we have what we have. And you know what? I'm going to use everything we got to the fullest potential to it blows out, which some of it already has, and we're going to keep on going because I'm going to use exactly what God has given me, blow it out until it came on, keep on going. Some of you are saying, well, the speakers are too loud. Well, I haven't turned them up loud enough. I, we, can go, we can keep on going until we, until we blow them out. Because I'm going to use everything we've got to share the gospel. It might not be the best. It might not be the top of the line. I don't know. I mean, there probably is the $1,000, $10,000 versions of what we have. It doesn't matter. I am going to use everything we've got to share the gospel. Some of you have been saying, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know. I have a little bit of word in me. Fine. Use that little bit. Use everything you've got. Lay it down like the widow's might and give everything to God. Stop worrying so much. Stop overthinking it so much. You overthink things way too much. We overthink the Holy Spirit. We overthink the God's word. We overthink it. Well, if I don't know enough, then I, I don't really can't go outreaching. Some of y'all got testimonies. You are walking, talking testimonies. That's all you need. There's not much metal to make these blades. Really isn't. Yes, it's real. That's le what, less than the size of my leg. Skinnier than my leg. Not much, right? Way skinnier than my leg. Don't be making... Y'all should yeah, shut up now. <laughs> but with what it is and how it is molded and how it's shaped it is a weapon that can be used to destroy my enemies don't worry it's not gonna i'm not gonna let go with what you've got learn to focus it and fine point it so that way you know how to use it fine you got a little word fine start there and start building it you cannot get word into your life like this you cannot say, God, I want to know more of your word. It doesn't work that way. You cannot learn the word through osmosis. You cannot learn the word through just absorbing it physically. You need to read it, open it, and let it enter your soul. The eyes are the gateway. Come on now. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing of what? So how do I build up my knowledge? You open up. How do I build up my faith? You open up. And how do I receive more of a God? You open up. Too many people are closing up their caves to God and closing themselves up to God, burying themselves in their own tombs. My goodness, are you catching what I'm putting down? Now I need to find that. That's what happens when I do that. See, if I want something, I can't just expect it. When I was uh, sick on Wednesday, I told my wife, honey, I'm, I'm hungry. I don't want to go outside and get any of the kids sick. Can you, can you bring me some food? If I had said that when I was not sick, it's a different story. My wife loves me very much. She does. So when she did, she got me this big old thing of soup. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right? That's what guys do when we're sick. You barely, you know, poke your finger. Ah, oh, honey, can you make me? Can you bring me some food? What's wrong with you? I don't feel good. We want everything handed to us. We want everything done for us. Parents, don't lie. How many done this? Hey, come here. Hey, what's up? Give me the remote. It's right there. I know, but 
Don't lie. Some of y'all getting caught on blast right now. Right? Sitting down. Hey, bring me a Sprite. What? Bring me a Sprite. They come back with a Sprite. Bring me another one. I might need one just in case. Right? That's why, that's why we had kids. No, it's not why you had kids. You want everything handed to you. That's what this generation has gotten themselves into. They want everything handed to them, everything given to them. If someone else worked for it, I still want it from them. I don't know about you, but I work, I work hard. You guys, some of y'all work very hard for what you have. The word of God even says, he who does not work does not eat. So if you want something from God, it's going to take you something. It's going to take some work. It's going to take you getting on your knees before the king of kings. It's going to take you praying day and night. It's going to take you reading his word. It's going to take you fasting. It's going to take you giving of your heart to him and to others. You need to stop thinking that everything needs to come your way. Oh, God, send me your blessings. Oh, God, open up the floodgates. Oh, God, give me this. Give me that. God is not Santa. God is not a genie. God is not someone that you can just call upon like Amazon. God is the king of kings and the lord of lords who are you trying to think he is stop thinking he's like this some kind of get a grand, uh, make a wish God he's not you want the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit but you're not willing to pray for it you want a fresh anointing of God you want a, that, that new wine of God but you're not willing to cast off old wineskins Got dark in here, huh? Y'all like, oh, pastor, what happened? This is the new year. We're supposed to teach about prosperity in the new year. And guess what? I want your soul to prosper, so I'm going to teach you how. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to get into prayer. This year, this is a different year. This 100 day movement is a, is a big step for a lot of y'all. It's going to be something different. We're going from January 1st all the way to Palm Sunday. That's a long time. When you just count it out just right now, it's like, wow, that's, that's, that is actually a long time. That's April. No kidding. But guess what? I wouldn't give you something I'm not doing myself. He, uh, Gideon wasn't resigned to fate or fold his arms. If he had, his family would die of hunger. Gideon was not resigned to say, you know what? God will provide. I guess somehow God will provide. He provided manna for the people of Israel when they went to the wilderness. I'll just, hopefully, maybe he might provide. No, he wasn't resigned to that. Yes, he did trust in God, but he knew. He used wisdom. How did he use wisdom? Ready for this? He knew the enemy would, atta- would attack. So where did, he, where did he thresh his wheat? In the wine press. That's using wisdom. That's not him being scared. If he was scared, he never would have went out at all. He used wisdom. Right? Some of y'all just do things without ever coming into union with God and and asking God in prayer, what God should I do? And you just do things half-cocked and and just, you know, just fire the way things are. Just hopefully it might hit something. Right? It's a gun reference if you don't know what that meant. Some of y'all are like, what's that mean? Don't worry about it. Pew, pew. Hear me. We do things, never ever really consulting God and trusting in God to do that, that He will provide. And we always just do it because you know what? I mean, God's not going to answer me. I'm just going to do it myself. Yes, God wants you to step up. Yes, but do it in prayer, knowing that God is going to be with you. Check this out. It gets even better in the next few verses. We're about to get into that. If I can find it real quick, <laughs> I totally push it away. Judges 6. Oh, um, now the angel of the Lord came and sat upon the terebinth, uh, moved forward, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O brave man, O man of valor. Understand that God is with you. Stop trying to be scared out there. And uh, well, uh, I don't know what to do. 
God is with you. Why be scared of anything at all? People are scared of sickness. They're scared of, uh, of car accidents. They're scared of flight accidents. They're scared of everything else. They're scared of themselves. They're scared of their shadows. They're scared of everything else. But they're never trusting in God knowing that God is with them. So they'll never go out and do what they have to do that God has called them to do. I want to thank God for Brother Chris again. Are, are you guys the one that found us? Are you the one that found us on, on, online? How many of you guys remember what well, I shared with you a couple weeks ago about Brother Chris? He, we, were, we were doing our online Bible study. He called into us. That phone call that was happening was minutes before he actually went out. What happened was we were doing our online Bible study. At 8.30, Brother Chris, I told Brother Chris, call us. We'll pray over you before you go. And he shared on the video, actually him talking, sharing that God told him he needs to go out to this street corner at this time and be, he says, I got a vision of me uh, street preaching on this corner. And because he was there, a young man walked by. He said, hey, can I pray with you? He started praying with him. The Holy Spirit kept him there. They could have got up and left. Kept him there. As they had finished praying, literally the time shows on there. They finished, they done praying. What, 10, 15 seconds later, he hears his name yelled out, Jason. It's his mom who he hadn't seen in years because he had been homeless and on drugs, picked him up and took him home. Check this out. It gets even better. We could have left it at that. God put it on my heart. We need to edit this together to share it online. People need to see it. I need to do something. I need I, I, something, something was, was rustling my heart. We need to do this. All of a sudden, what's your name, man? Abby, Alex, and Abby, Alex, and Isaac. When did you guys see the video? Two weeks ago, and they found us. That's not coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence, luck, or happenstance. I've never once believed in that. There is no such thing. There's an appointed time for everything. You're here as you're here at an appointed time. Brother Chris, you were there at an appointed time by the Holy Spirit. But you did something. You did something. You could have just stayed home. Some of y'all could have just stayed home, but you came here to hear the word of God and you're coming to be emboldened by the word of God because why? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. When people don't do something and they decide to hunker down in the caves, they miss out on their encounter with angels. Did you catch that? It could have been someone else out there. It could have been someone else out there and had the encounter and been called to do a mighty work. Y'all get ready because we're going to get into Gideon. I don't know. Someone told me like, to speak on Gideon. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you. <coughs> There's something mighty company. This is just the beginning. Gideon goes on to do a mighty work, and I, I don't want to get into it because I want to stay with it, but I want to stay in this, in this little section for a minute. <clears throat> Grains, wheat, were threshed in a threshing floor, and grapes were pressed in a wine press to do, produce wine. But Gideon refused to be a slave to the convention that wheat was threshed on a threshing floor. He didn't allow the circumstances he found himself to limit him. You might be tired. You might feel broken. You might feel weak. You might feel frail because of your age. You might feel small because of your sight, your height. It doesn't matter what your stature. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what's inside and the hunger and the desire that is in you. And say, I don't care about the limitations I see myself in. I know the greatness of my God and nothing can stop the greatness of my God. Ecclesiastes 11.4 He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. 
when you let the circumstances around you dictate who you are and what you can do you know what it's getting too late i don't think i can pray right now i worked all day i've been out there all day i don't think i can go on outreach right now when you break out of those limits and you say god use me miracles like what we saw online happen because it's no longer you answering to yourself as you answering to God. And God says, don't worry about your limits. Your limits don't mean nothing to me. I don't care about your strength because I'm going to give you strength. I don't care about your peace because I'm going to give you bigger peace. I don't care about, I'm going to give you bigger joy. I'm going to give you bigger strength. I'm going to give you more word than you ever expected. I'm going to fill you up with the words that you need to say. But what is the first thing that must happen? You have to do something and say, God, all right, use me. That's it. Let's do it. If Gideon decided, you know what? We're hungry, but I don't want to go outside. It stopped right before he actually crossed that line. You've been asking God, I need healing. I feel empty. 2021 left me empty. 2021 left me broken. I lost people, I lost family members, I lost, I lost my jobs, I, lo I lost this, I lost that. I, I feel so hurt. I don't know what to do. I need help. And God is saying, okay, now let's do something. He didn't say, just you do something. The Lord your God is with you. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. Stop thinking you're by yourself. Oh, I go at this alone. No, no, you're not. You're not a lone ranger. You're not by yourself. You go with God. And if God before you, who can be against you? If God, oh, if God before me, who can be against me? Sickness can't be against me because God's with me. Oh, if God's in me, then that means life is in me and death has to take a number. I was talking with Pastor Chris yesterday. Uh, we were talking about we got work. Oh, was it somebody? Uh, brother, I think it was Brother Chris. We were talking. About, we got work to do. We got work to do. I can't. I ain't got time to be sick. Ain't gonna count. nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. In the name of Jesus, I call my body into alignment with the Word of God, and sure enough, I stood right up. I was like, "What?" This is gonna gross some of you guys out, but just to hear me though. I said, in the name of Jesus, I call my lungs into alignment with the word of God. And I breathed real in, deep, and I coughed. And something came out of me that got stuck to my hand. I was like, that demon! It was gross. Just, just don't worry about it. But it came out, and I could breathe. Why? Because when you learn to speak the word of God and start of, instead of speaking symptoms... You speak over your body and you speak life. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I put scolding, bowling hot water on my hand and take it, Lord, take it, Lord, take it, Lord, take it, Lord. Some of y'all need to start shaking off the vipers into the fire. You've been living with the vipers attacking you left and right, and everybody else has been looking at you, wanting you to die, and all you got to do is shake off the viper into the fire and know that God is with you, and it doesn't matter what tries to attack you. But you must first, what? Do something. The problem with many people today is that they're using the unfavorable conditions as an excuse for their inaction. They're saying, well, COVID's out there. Oh, well, um, Pastor, it's too cold. Um, Pastor, you know what? Uh, we're not really feeling that great. I, I don't know if we can do it. You're using every unfavorable circumstance to, as an excuse for your inaction. Pastor, well, um, I want to be a prayer warrior, but uh, I can't do this. I can't do that. It doesn't matter. Get away from the unfavorable mentality and start getting into I am favored by God mentality. Don't worry about what people say about you. On the 22nd, we're going to have, uh, the 22nd, right? Uh, January is a Saturday. Okay. We're having the covenant class again. 
The covenant class is, the, is basically the church membership class where you cut covenant with the church and say, I want to do everything I can to help this church grow. I want to become not just a member. Uh, I want to become a person of covenant with Crossway. See, the difference between uh, just being a person who attends and the person who is actually a member is the difference between renting and ownership. When you rent a home, you can't really do anything. But when you own a home, you'll do everything you can to uplift it and make it bigger, make it better, right? Some of y'all add on extra rooms to a house that don't need to be belong there, but you did it because you wanted to see growth, right? And then we're going to work it out. I'm going to talk with uh, Pastor Michael we're gonna, uh, and everyone else. We're going to do another prayer team class because it shouldn't just be limited to those who just came. There, there should be more. Those who want to understand the power of intercession, what it can do for you. I'm telling you, how many, those who have been taking the intercessory class, how many guys have seen a change? There's a big change. Why? Because it requires of you to read more, to pray more, to be here early. Oh, pastor, I don't think I could do that. It's going to cost. It's going to cost. But the cost is worth it. Every bit of the price that is paid is is worth it because Jesus paid a higher price, a price that you owed, that you could never pay. But he died on the cross for you, knowing that you'd fail, knowing that you'd messed up. He knew exactly who you were going to be, and he still died on a cross for you. He knew that you would come to God and fail again and uh, come back to the cross and fail again. And he said, I still love you, even past your failures, even past your faults. But don't stop there. Don't keep failing. Pick yourself back up. Just because you fail doesn't mean like, okay, that's okay. That's just the way, that's how grace works. No, you cheapen grace by living a life like that. Say, you know what? I walk away from that. Repent means to walk in a different direction to do an about face you were once going this i was once one way but now i'm another and the thing that was different was him i love that's my one of my favorite lines from that movie uh the the show the chosen i have a shirt that says that i was once one way but now i'm another and the one thing that was different in between was him jesus is not it's not gonna be anything else I pray in the name of Jesus, I declare right now that we're going to start putting psychoanalysts, psychotherapists, psychiatrists, and all these other therapists out of business because they're going to start coming to the cross knowing that Jesus is the Savior. He's the Lord. We're going to start putting big pharma out of business because they're no longer going to need medications. They're no longer going to need counseling. They're going to come to the cross and know that it was Jesus. Why? Because the people rose up and knew with what little they had, like a faith, a faith of a mustard seed that they had, it grew and grew and grew, and they did something and they fought for their fields and they fought for what they had and said, I'm going to fight for this bean field. I'm going to fight for what I've got. I'm going to fight for this hill. This is the hill I'm going to die on. Okay, that's fine. But I'm going to keep on pressing because there's souls that need Jesus. There's, where's, that, where's your picture, son? Where's your son? You always have him next to you. Where's he at? What's his name again? Robert. How much time? People like Robert need Jesus. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, right where he's at, the Holy Spirit, arrest his heart right where he's at. Arrest him, God, and let them be filled. That people who are locked up will begin to understand what it means to be free. People who are locked up. I pray in the name of Jesus this year. I'm speaking by faith what I'm about to say right now. Pastor Zeke, you're going you're gonna to have to help me on this. We're going to start a prison ministry this year. We're going to go see Robert. We're going to go put... The warden himself got filled with the Holy Spirit when they went to go visit the prisons. We're going to go see him.
getting In the name of Jesus right now, your faith, your faith will stand still. Your faith will stand up. And in the name of Jesus, I declare, I don't know how we're going to do it. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. But I even put, it was put in my heart this year. We are going to go reach the prisons. We're going to reach the laws. We're going to release those who are locked up in either the penitentiary or those who are in county jail. In the name of Jesus. We declare right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we are no longer just a church that wants to see things happen. We're allowed, we're now going to be a church that of action and are going to do something about it. We're no longer just going to come to church, but now we're going to be the church and go out and preach the gospel out into the streets. Do not let the mentality of your inability prevent you from being inactive. You are powerful, and God does want to move through you wherever you are. However, there is a spiritual insulator that is stopping the flow of God in your life. For those of you who don't know what insulation is or, or who's ever worked with electrical tape before, who's ever worked with electrical wires before? In, in uh, electrical engineering, in school, we learned about insulators. Certain things you can use to prevent conductive properties happening between two types of materials. Conductive, I don't know, whatever the word is. It's been a couple of years. When two wires, all of a sudden you see that spark, that's electricity conducting to the other side. Okay? But some places like here, we use electrical tape to cover those electrical output, outputs, and then it doesn't allow for electricity to flow. Right? But when the voltage is high enough, it doesn't matter the insulation. Now, that which was meant to be insulation is now a conductor. Ready for this? That's how glass neon signs work. Neons, the glass, the voltage is so high, the glass now becomes an inductor or a, a, a conduction point, and you see the lights glow. Isn't that crazy? Air is a great insulator. But with a high enough voltage, you can see it can be conducted. That's why we see lightning. Ready for this? Y'all ready? I declare right now in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit to flow so strong that it breaks past every insulator that's in your life. Every doubt, every shame, every destructive force, every demonic assignment against you, we break it. Let the Holy Spirit flow and push past that. That it does, it's such a strong charge that it doesn't matter what stops you, that it presses forward and we will see the power of the Holy Spirit flow. Come on, give God a shout. You are thinking that God can't use you because you're in your condition. But God's power is not limited to your insulator. And you can see breakthrough. God is not limited by the power of your insulation. Your lies have been put upon you. Learn from the life of Gideon. We must be wise. Start fulfilling the purpose of God for your life in your wine press that is available now while you're trusting God to give you the threshing floor. One day you'll go back up to that high place. One day you'll be, you'll be allowed to go back out there and not have to worry about the enemy. One day you'll be able to, to praise God and shout to God with the mighty authority that you've been seeing some of these people out here doing. But right now, you, all you've got is a wine press. Fine. Use it. Do something. Stop sitting back on your law. Stop sitting back all comfortable wanting everything else to happen for you and say, in the name of Jesus, all I got is a wine press. Then use the wine press. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Use what God has given you. Use the voice that God has given you. Use the little prayer that you got to build into bigger prayer. Use that little word that you got to build into bigger word. Use that little faith that you got to build into bigger faith. Don't let the limitations of the devil limit you what you can do with God. Because God is limitless.
Start fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. Use your present platform well until God calls you to higher ground. Sometimes, some of us want to be prayer warriors, but all we have is a quiet, secret place war room. Fine. Use that war room. Use that wine press. Use that small space and let it build and let it build and let it build. One day, small war rooms become big, giant theater war rooms. Why? Because you take back more territory from the enemy. And as you take back more territory, you get more room. In the name of Jesus. It is useless daydreaming about global platforms. It's useless to daydream that one day we'll be a mega church. I'm no longer got that mentality in my head. I don't want that, that mentality. I can't have that. Because when you think like that, that's all you think about instead of think, think about what God's trying to do here and now. It is useless day, to daydream about global platforms while you allow opportunities to, to use available local platforms pass you by. Some of you, all I got is Facebook. Then pray on Facebook. Well, all I got is, is Instagram. Look, pray on Instagram, whatever it might be. But get the word out and show them that you've changed. Show them that you have been delivered. Show them that you're a testimony. Stop sharing videos of you. Like you had a stroke. Something's wrong with your lips or something wrong with your gravity. Because every time you take a picture, you're like this. What happened to gravity when you took a picture? Come on. You use more filters than I do for my coffee. <laughs> Stop putting up a front to the world and show them who God made you and who you really are. Come on now. James 2.17. So also by faith, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. See, you can say all the faith you want. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Lord. I believe, hallelujah. I believe in my Lord God. He done saved me. And I think about the goodness of the Lord. But when sickness and something comes your way, let's call the doctor. Right? Come on now. I love the Lord Jesus. But on Saturdays, I, I just like to drink a little bit. I like to smoke just a little bit. It came from the earth. You find every way to justify your sin, but no way to find conviction to come to God. See, you have a head faith. You believe that you have faith in your head. I believe I have faith. I believe in Jesus here. I believe in God here. I believe in that. But you never have actions. And a head faith is a dead faith. <laughs> Man, if I was an evangelist, I'd never get invited back. Because <laughs> people don't like to hear that. There must be action. There must be change. If you say you love Jesus and you say you love God and you want things to change, then actually make the change. Make the difference. You want something to change, then you must be the beginning point. You must be the, the, the opening catalyst. You must, it is you that starts, you're there, but your action is the catalyst, and Jesus adds on to that and changes you completely. That's the best part about Jesus. He is what changes you. I can't do anything about it. I can't do any, I can't, I can't change you. I can't save you. Stop following people. People are following pastors and prophets and evangelists and apostles everywhere. Wanting to hear a prophetic word, wanting to hear an apostolic, apostolic word. They want to hear all this other stuff from these people instead of wanting to hear from God. 
wondering why they've never really changed. Why they're still smoking, why they're still drinking, why they're still lying, why they're still cheating. It's because they never really sought God. They're wanting to hear a word from some person. I didn't come to hear a word from some person. I'm telling you, this word was for me too. Every word that we preach should be towards us as well. Every word that we ever preach is not something that we just, you need to get right, you need to get saved. No, it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword. We preach it to you and it hits us as well. It needs to. So whatever I'm saying to you applies to me. As we get ready for this new year, there's a lot of work to be done. You want to see change? Be the change. Be the starting point. Say, okay, I'm going to do something different. We're, we made it available. I don't know. I'm trusting in God right now. Right now. We literally fill the tank on trust and faith in God. If there's someone who wants to get baptized or rebaptized, rededicate them, themselves to God, we filled up the tank. We have extra clothes. And God has called you today. This is the year. This is the year. This is the time things change. You want something to change in your life, then you do it. Stop pretending with God. Stop playing fake with God. You put on this mask of everything's okay. In reality, you've been lying to yourself and to God. You don't lie to me. You lie to the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I'll be there. Pastor, I really am praying. You're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. Come on. Don't worry. If you want to get baptized, we're going to have it available. If that's you, we'll have it available. We'll make it in just a minute. As the, the worship team comes up, I want you to remember something. Great actions in history never happen. Things of history never happen until someone took the first step to do them. Am I right? No battles would have ever been fought if no one ever took the first step onto the battlefield. Nothing would ever have been accomplished unless someone first put their hand to do the work. No one would ever have seen anything happen. You want to see prodigal sons and daughters return? Okay, then let's get into prayer for it. Let's get into war room for it. Let's get into fight mode for it. We want to see those lost on the streets come back to God and see miracles happen again? Then guess what? It's going to cost you your prayers, your time. It's going to cost you. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your heart, a joyful giver of your heart, your time, what you want to give to God. I want to give everything I can to God because I know he'll be faithful in return. I don't know what, how, what he's going to give me back. I don't know in what way he's going to do it. I just know that he's going to be faithful. Some people think that if I give this amount or I do this amount, that God will return to me sevenfold. That's all you're expecting. You're expecting a turnaround. And God is saying, just trust in me as I protect your family, as I restore health, as I give joy back. You've been lying to yourself for long enough. You've been hurting yourself for long enough. It's time to come to God. This is your chance to do something. This is your chance to do something. Come on. If that's you, if you're saying, God, I want 2021 to be different. I want 2021 to be different this year. If that's you, come on up here. Come on. Altar is open. Let's just begin to pray together and say, God, this is the day I make a change. This is the year. This is it. This is it. I don't want things to be the same way. I don't want, come on. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait on someone else. Don't look. I'll, I'll wait. I'll go until they go up. No, go, come on up here. You need to make the difference. Come on. Come on. You need to make the difference. Father God, I declare right now in the name of Jesus. You need to understand. Let me see this real quick. No, it's just the bottle itself. I can lay this here. I can put this on the floor. And I can pray to it all I want. This little bottle of oil, I can pray to it all I want. But it is inert. It does nothing. It does nothing. So praying to idols, praying to candles, do nothing. But praying to the living God, 
will break every chain. Thank you for joining the Crossway Church Sermons podcast. If you are blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry, visit our website, www.crosswayaz.com and click Give.